0: You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint.
1: Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler, this is Clint.
0: What's up, y'all?
1: And we are back with episode 39.
0: Good to be back. So... I actually have been playing quite a bit. I mean, well, I won't say quite a bit, I've had two sessions, and they have been super swingy sessions. You know that whole, you wanna, you've been on downswing, you want smooth sailing? Yeah, that's not what happened. So, let me uh, bring up and... So, I was looking at where to go, and you know that it was 52 Social, was an action-packed action place for in a day. And then it was sold to Johnny Chan... For Johnny Chan's eighty eight. Then it closes down... And I'm looking at where to go... And then it opened back up... Well... It's opening back up... As... 101... Which there's another poker room... And they used to name 101... I guess... That's a uh, One way to go about things... This is the 101 on Richmond... I guess this is the way I'll... Divert... A uh, way I'll uh... Specify that one... <clears throat> They're having a soft opening... Free time... Free entry... Uh, you get two drinks free, and then they're, uh, feeding people for free. I was like, well, that seems like a, uh, a good place to go. I go there. It's actually pretty busy. There's probably about, like, seven, seven or eight tables going on. Uh, I end up going to the session all happy and finally, like, starting to get uh, cards. I just card dead every single hand for hours on end. And I get pocket fives. There's a straddle to six. I make it 20 over the straddle. I get two collars, one being the straddle. The flop comes queen, seven, three. The first thing going through your head should be, why is this hand even being said? Because this is not a hand that should make a podcast. All
1: right, I was ready for you to tell me queen, five, seven.
0: You would think, right? Right. All
1: right, I guess so. Th- okay, so let's regroup. So you've raised a pocket fives to 20
0: over a straddle. Okay. And how many callers? Uh, two callers, one being the straddle.
1: Okay, so three-handed counting yourself. This is shaping up to be a good one. Go ahead.
0: So I'm like, <laughs> well, there's two people in here. I don't really only see bet when there's two people. Uh, but it's a very dry flop. Queen 7-3, not very connected. I probably have more queens in my range than everybody else.
1: So I'll just tell you what I would do if I don't know what you did. I still think it would be a good C betting board. I'd probably bet about 50 to
0: 55. Uh, so 20, 40, 60. Well, so, well, I mean, you're betting pot?
1: Just under, yeah.
0: Okay. I choose to bet 30. Uh, I I see bet 35.
1: My only thought is I don't think 35 gets it done most of the time. That was kind of my thought. I'd size up here, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, I can see. Uh, I go and see bet 35. I get one call. So, again, this is where this hand should end, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've see bet, and then, you know, it gets called. I got pocket fives.
1: Especially, well, that's also why I thought betting 50-55, because if you get called on that, probably can shut it right down.
0: Well, that was my plan. Okay. Even on 35. A king on the turn. <laughs> I'm like, ooh. Well, I mean, I raised pre-flop. Now this person, if they have a queen, can they hang on? I mean, I, cause I should have. I mean, I should have a king. I mean, it, the ones that I did miss, I have a king. I bet a hundred. Being like, okay, why am I put this person to the test? Guess what? They passed the test. She calls a hundred. Are they gonna say she shipped it on you? <laughs> <laughs> so there were two clubs also on the flop. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to mention that. River brings in the flush. So now I'm thinking, well, she's got... But I'm like, well, what if she's just calling with the clubs or whatever? Uh, And I'm like, should should I ship it here? Should I ship it? I finally choose to give up. She instantly jams $200 into the pot. And I'm like, okay, well, I fold. I mean, pocket fives, probably not good here. Uh, she didn't tell me then. We had an interesting hand later on where I like let her know, and she told. She ended up telling me she had... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It was backdoor clubs was the deal. She had queen jack of clubs. So she flopped the queen. The king I was trying to get her to fold on brought her the second nut flush draw. So all of that, and she hits the it on the river. In, considering everything she said pretty much lines up, Seems like that's exactly what she had. I picked... I mean, you want to talk about the ultimate punt, the worst time to make a move. Uh, what do you think about the, pot, the... Obviously, in retrospect, I wish I had this back. Uh, what do you think about the 100 on the king?
1: So... I I mean, I liked it. I, mean, I definitely liked it. Um, Just in the theory, the game theory of... You know, when the top card changes, it's easier. You know, you can bluff them. They're hoping a queen. I mean, if that queen, if that king didn't give her equity in the clubs, I feel like it might have worked.
0: That's true. That's a good point. I mean, yeah. If it's, I mean, she's beat by, I mean, if I'm not bluffing, she's 100% beat here. But here's,
1: so here's like the thing that I've noticed that does not normally work out that well when I'm bluffing. If on the flop, I'm trying to rep the queen. Then I changed my mind on the turn that I'm going to rep the, the king. And then on the river, I changed my mind that I'm going to rep the flush.
0: That's problematic.
1: Yeah. I mean, normally you want to keep the story straight for at least two streets.
0: Well, <laughs> I was trying to rep that, you know, I was a C-bet and then hit the king was well, what I was going for.
1: That, I did kind of like that. I did like that. But it was just kind of weird thing we were saying, like, you have a lot of queens here, but then you hit the king. Do you think if... Again, if she didn't turn clubs here, I think this play works great. I think it doesn't matter if you check, then bet big on the turn after that top card changes. I think it was kind of an unlucky run out. I don't even mind the bluff spot that much.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been doing it here and there, and I will say, like, I mean, I think here's the problem with that is, even though in retrospect, I'm glad I didn't, you kind of have... Well, you can't really rep the like you say. You can't really rep the flush. Is I I think you have to be prepared to go for two barrels when you do this, right?
1: I was thinking three.
0: Well, I mean, you've but already you're... you've already done one barrel. I mean, because that's a C bet,
1: right? I mean, and you then have the to turn, do the turn,
0: and the river as well.
1: Two more barrels. Is what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I, I yeah, meant. That's three what I meant. total. Yeah, gotcha. Okay.
0: Uh, so I mean, that was a pretty big uh punt right at the beginning. So get in there and. <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't even mind that one that
1: much. I mean, the theory is sound. That's fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, like I say, it was a bad. Like you say, if it's any other king, and she folds, uh, it's. It, I mean, it looks great.
1: I mean, if it's the Ace of Spades, all of a sudden it's a great play, right?
0: Yeah. So I mean, uh, so then I get a uh, Jack. I get pocket Jacks. Finally, I'm not card dead. I will say that.
1: And let me just note back of that just one more time, just to kind of something to talk about. To me. That's not as much of a punt because I mean, we've all had hands where like at the end of it, where it's like, what happened? I mean, that just fell apart on me, right? It just went off the rails. I had no theory. I had no, don't even know why or what I was doing or thinking. It just completely fell off. I mean, we've all had hands like that, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
1: So to me, I think this one is more of a a good play that didn't work out.
0: I guess so. I guess I guess because it had, was so into my so early into my session and when I've been multiple downswings it more felt like a punt. But yeah, you're right. I mean, like a lot of times that's going to work and then I mean, you can't be like it's a punt when it when it doesn't work and when it works it's a good move.
1: Yeah, exactly. So like I said, I think it's a good move that just didn't work out this time
0: i go with that. I like that better than punt. At least yeah. from my perspective. i say, because I can give you some
1: punts if you want to hear about some punts. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, go ahead.
0: Uh, pocket jacks. Uh, there's one bet to 15 and a call. So, I go ahead and make it 75. Okay. Do you like that?
1: So, one bet, a call. Yeah, I like that. That seems good.
0: Okay. uh she ends up. It says she jams here, but I, I I don't think she jam. I don't I don't think she. Mm, I think she raised and it just covered me. Okay. So uh, she raises. It covers me. I mean, now I don't love this spot because I mean it's an older lady. I will say she was capable of bluffing though. Yeah, she's uh, later on. I found out like she did have some moves. Uh, it's like sixty more. I mean. Ace-king, I'm um, a 50-50, ace-queen. I just feel like if it's jacks versus a, a bigger pair, then just wasn't my day.
1: And here's the thing about this, is this is never a bluff whenever you're so short behind. I mean, you're just, I mean, if there's any chance it's ace-king, ace-queen, which I'm sure there is a chance it is, but you're never folding pocket jacks here for, what you say, 50 or 60 more bucks?
0: Yeah, it was 60 more.
1: I mean, I think it's fine no matter what happens. I mean, there's going to be times where they have a bigger pocket pair. There's going to be times where they have ace-king, ace-queen, right? So,
0: Yeah, and they don't need ace-king, ace-queen that often for me to justify this either. Because, I mean, you're still going to win 1-5. to 1 out of 5, where uh, it's a bigger pocket pair. I mean, we're now 150 in the pot, plus the two 15s, uh, 180. So, I mean...
1: Right, but this move is is different if you both are 1500
0: behind. Oh, 100%. Right, yeah. then
1: it could be different. But when they raise and you only have 50 bucks behind, 60 bucks behind, it's it's never a bluff, so I feel like more times than not, it's not going to be good for you. Yeah, because they know they're going to get to showdown here. But I still think you have to call. So
0: yeah, I mean, you're just praying for Ace King. Uh, she shows Queens.
1: So now we're praying for a Jack.
0: Yeah, guess what? No Jack. Yeah, oh. <laughs> it's uh, so we uh, the who that uh, killed us. Uh, let me see. I get in another spot nine nine pocket nines. Uh, pre-flop, I make it 20. Uh, uh, three, it looks like three players to the flop. Jack, four, four. Checks to me. I bet 35. Pre-flop, Razor calls. Turn is a magical nine.
1: Oh, God.
0: He checks, I check. Uh, I check kind of for deception because I just don't think there's much he could have here. Uh, I guess a jack might not fold here. That, that should probably be a bet.
1: Um, a jack's never folding. Obviously, a four is never folding. And if you size correctly, I don't think a flush draw is folding either.
0: Yeah. On uh, the river, it's a king. I'm like, well, if, if he has king jacks, this would be great. Uh, he checks. I bet 100. He folds. So it was a...
1: I like a bigger bet there, though.
0: Bigger bet on the river?
1: Yeah. It's, I feel like that's one of those situations where you're either getting cold or you're not. So, four is always calling, you know, King Jack is calling a bigger bet, I feel like most of the time he's going to fold, but the times he does call, he'll call a bigger bet.
0: That's probably true. I mean, this this seems like probably like a medium, maybe like pocket sixes or something like that. They just, you know, had to call one street. Uh, now, my phone dies here, but for just getting murdered uh, in the beginning of the session, I hit a set. I hit Trips. I mean, no, it was not a great winning session for me. Uh, well, I did win. I won twenty seven dollars at the end of it.
1: So, you, did you tip the dealer twenty seven dollars and leave?
0: I didn't tip it. I mean, twenty seven dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, but uh, I think I I ran really good and got way. I uh, got up for a little bit, and then it kind of came back down to earth. So it was one of those. It was a very, which I mean, really sucks because if it wasn't for those pocket five hands. I mean, it's actually a pretty decent session. But like you said, I mean, it was, if it works, it's it's a great move.
1: And I mean, like I've told you before, on these type of moves, sometimes it doesn't even really matter what you have, if that's what the move is.
0: Yeah, it's so. a, on the good side, like, I was actually getting cards quite a bit, and I was able to, you know, I've had the image of such a tight player these last couple sessions, just, not because I'm playing that tight. I mean, I'm playing hands that, tell me, I'll let you know, Reddit people roast, me the, roast the hell out of me for playing. Uh, the So I'm playing fairly loose, but I'm so card dead, it looks like I'm only playing like 8% of hands.
1: Oh, yeah. I've been at the table with you, and it feels like you only play hands when I raise, but...
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's literally the only time I was getting anything. So it was really nice just to have a session where, I mean, you were actually involved in some hands, because it has been a the card deadness. So I was really happy to go ahead and, you know, and I, like, I got paid off way more on some of these hands, because I was involved. Uh, now this session last night, very interesting. Uh, I just, it's been like three hands. I'm like, okay, is this is gonna be another card that's, uh, I get ace-king suited. Uh, in the big blind. It's raised, it's min-raised to six. It folds to me, I'm like, well, I got to try to get some money in the pot. No callers on the six. No callers. God. On a pretty loose table too. I was uh, later. I uh, later found out. I make it twenty-five, praying that he just doesn't, you know, fold. Yeah, I like that. Uh, my prayers are answered. He men raises to fifty. I mean, if I've learned any from anything from you, Ace King, you just go crazy with it. <laughs>
1: yes, they put him to the test.
0: Uh, that is what I did. I re-raised it to 150.
1: I like bigger, but i right, continue.
0: Well, here's the thing is, I think you need bigger sometimes because you want to cancel out their implied odds, but he was going to get no implied odds here with any, like, pocket pair. Well, I mean, I guess he doesn't need implied odds. Ad- well, he does against aces or kings.
1: Hold on. I feel like the player that you're playing against who's min-clicking it back twice or whatever... Or raising to six and min clicking, I'm pretty sure do not know what implied odds are. Uh, looks <laughs> like no. I told him what it was. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he actually did play fairly sound most of the night. I don't know. It was a weird table to. I mean, as far as the min raise and everything, it was. A, I think weird table dynamics went into that. I don't think he was. Well, I mean, it's going to sound like he's a bad player after this hand. Uh, <laughs> but he calls the 150. Uh, and I'm like, I'm th- so I'm thinking, I started out with 400. There's now 300 in the pot. You did the
1: all-in blind move. I like him.
0: I mean, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I I, did, I was like, please give me an ace or king. Because I'm, I'm going, all, I've snapped going all-in on any flop. Because uh, I only have, you know... What is it, 150? I only have 250 behind in a pot of 300. <laughs> yeah. And I can rep aces and kings. Uh, the flop is ace, queen, 10, all clubs. Uh, just like I thought, I mean, I'm not really scared the flop flopped a flush here. Uh, King, jack wouldn't make a lot of sense. And I mean, regardless, I see an ace. It's a snap jam regardless. Uh, I snap jam. He tanks... A long time ends up calling, turns a brick, and I'm good. I don't have any clue what he could ever have here. Nothing makes sense to me. Uh,
1: did no clubs on the Turner River?
0: Uh, you no clubs. Yeah, or? no clubs on the Turner River. Uh, maybe. I mean, the things I'm thinking he could possibly have here, maybe Ace Jack. Maybe pocket jacks with a club, maybe?
1: I mean, all that. Yeah, or, I mean,
0: would say the flop was? Ace, queen, ten, all clubs. Yeah, ace, jacks makes
1: sense. I mean, even ace, ten could make sense here. I, I mean, because, again, you bet so small into the pot,
0: right? Well, definitely ace, ten doesn't make sense because he's flipping his cards over and taking the pot.
1: Oh, uh, I guess I didn't listen to you, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, like, a lesser ace. for a great pot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah only my hands I listen to um, <laughs> but I'm saying maybe like a lesser ace with
0: a club uh maybe so I mean yeah, I like ace i mean if you get this flop, you're not folding well actually ace jack if it was a jack clubs is just making a quicker call. I can't imagine that he would play that hand, have me like jam for less than a pot and do that, but either way, I end up taking that down as a really good uh Kind of an interesting hand. I mean, there's not that many times I four. Was it a five bet?
1: I don't know. I don't even consider it the six dollars a bet. So.
0: Okay, well that's true. Uh, and from there, I run like shit for <laughs> hours on end. Uh, queen ten suited. I raise pre flop to ten. Uh, there's three collars. Ten eight, ten eight five with a with two diamonds like, ooh, perfect flop. I bet 40, there's one call. Nine comes on the turn, and he donks 50 into me. Very weird move. I mean, like a donk bet on the turn. Super strong, usually. I only call, which I think is pretty much the other. Uh, River, this is the super strange thing. River goes check, check, and he shows pocket nines for a turn set. Wow. Sounds like you got off easy. I mean, you want to talk about losing some just insane value there. Because, I mean, like, I'm a nervous on the donk lead. But I'm not just giving up. I mean, I, pocket nines would be a very random hand to hit. I mean, and I'm not just going to assume he hits a gut shot. So, I I mean, he's, I mean, don't get me wrong. If he goes all in, I'm folding. But he's definitely getting paid off something there.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's okay. He gets me again. Uh, <laughs> pocket fives. Li- pocket fives is, seems to be my hand. Limp surrounded me on button. I go ahead and check because I am just... I am experimenting with some overlimps with l- very small pocket pairs. Or
1: overlimp. You said check. You limped in on the button. Or were you in the blind?
0: Uh, Limp surrounded me on button. Yeah, okay. I I, I overlimped.
1: Okay, I was thinking maybe you were in the big blind. But okay, so you're in position.
0: Flop comes king jack five rainbow.
1: All right, so we made it. We're yeah. rich.
0: Dream flop. I bet 10 in a very small pot because it was limped around.
1: This table seems super weird with these $10 bets. You said the last hand you bet 10. Was it short-handed or just short-stacked?
0: 10, 3. No, I bet 40 on the flop last hand.
1: Uh, well, a different one. Maybe you raised 10. Something else happened with the 10, which I thought was weird
0: uh yeah i raise i mean it was it was a very kind of a short-handed table with not super deep stacks. so i wasn't the everything wasn't a 15 the entire night i will say that so that that did kind of throw it
1: okay but let's go back so you fought bottom set piling money in. go ahead
0: yeah king jack five i bet 10 which is like pot but you actually get some action usually when it's that small and i do i get four callers
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I still like a way bigger bet than pot on this. When you have bottom set, so many people can have so much on this board, you block none of the good hands.
0: That is true, because I mean, like, is a king, I mean, let's say you bet two times pot, is a king really going away?
1: I mean, here's the other thing, if you, I mean, I feel like a lot of these players aren't looking at it in correlation to the pot. They're looking at it in dollar values, and I think, I mean, $10 uh, in Texas, you're getting called by everyone.
0: Yeah. Uh, the turn is a 10, making ace-queen into a straight. So, but I mean, here's a... queen-nine, right? But I mean, is this a limp pot? I mean, and queen-nine, yeah. It's a limp pot, and uh, so I can kind of take out ace-queen. And I mean, if you get queen-nine there, I mean... I gotta go for more value on a set there's way more two pair two pairs and wheat kings and stuff like that
1: oh 100 percent I mean I still think you need to be piling money in until told, told otherwise uh
0: I bet 40 and there's one call the river is a jack oh God he checks I'm like the board is just mm. no I'm sorry the river could not have been a jack it was, uh, I think it was an off card. Uh, I missed. The turn was a nine, is what it was. Uh, and then the river was a jack, because it brought a four-liner to a straight, that's why I checked.
1: Okay, gotcha.
0: So, the, so it made queen ten a straight, and that's where I'm getting messed up. Uh, but he ends up showing queen ten for a turn straight to a set. Uh, and then i i have a lot of hands that run like that on a double board bomb pot i end up uh have an ace i have the ace of spades on one board on the top board there is all spades on the bottom board i have absolutely nothing it a small bet all the way around i'm like call see if i can hit the nut flush and then pile money in here and get somebody off of it the spade on the turn. It makes the queen a straight flush. And I am a, I'm a little scared. Because here's the thing. is a queen of spades, there's a queen on the bottom board. So it makes... T- so if he has a queen of spades, I just get killed here. I get stacked. Uh, and sure enough, I pile money in there and he has the straight flush.
1: God. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so... Uh, so I'm just getting just murdered on this. Uh, so it gets late in the night. I was going to leave at like two. I now I'm like, like I was way up. I have like 125 bucks in front of me. And then somebody's like, okay, well two hands and I'm gone. And we're just all ready to go anyways. And I'm like, oh, whatever. I guess it's not a, I guess not a goose egg or anything. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Uh, with two hands to go, I end up with pocket aces. Uh, raise it, get one call, king high flop, able to get all the money in there, and double up with two hands to go. I was like, oh, thank god. I'm still down, but at least I've been able to, you know, kind of salvage the session a little bit. The next hand, I get 3-5 off. No people are going to roast me for this, but it's the last hand of the night. I go ahead and limp and Call this hand. Comes three, four, five. I bet... 10 dollars. Which is about pot. Uh, I get... 4 callers. Mm, I'm sorry. 3 callers. Then... The turn is an 8. I'm like, well 6, 7 was already there. There was a flush draw on the flop. So... It's 6, 7 seems like they would have raised... I put 40 into the in the pot which is probably about 4 fifths of the pot. I get three callers again. I'm like this is just I'm like I just got pocket aces. I barely got back to the point where I'm not getting killed and this is the hand I get involved in. The river is like a random queen or something. The flush does brick out. I check it. There's just way too there's way too many straights. There's I mean Someone could have five four here. Someone could have a random five. I mean, you know, everybody's playing just random stuff because the last uh, hand of the night, it ends up checking around and three five is good. So the other, the guy on on the button tanked a long time. You could tell he was thinking about bluffing there, and I was like, "What do I do? You call? Is it a? I mean, it's definitely not a snap call, right?" I don't know. I feel like I'm snap calling everything and
1: hemorrhaging money, so just don't do what I do.
0: I mean, I think cause he took a long time is probably gonna be a call, but it was uh, I was definitely I was definitely nervous, I will say that. But end out with a fifty dollar profit on the night. Nice.
1: Um I do think if he does bet something reasonable with a flush missing and stuff, you probably have to call. Him.
0: Yeah. I mean I'd love it. If it was heads up. I mean with three people around, there's just so much random crap that could That could uh, be there. But I think you're right. I think the correct move would be a a call there. So, it was really nice. Because that was such a card dead session. I had so many uh, coolers. From a set to a straight. uh, Top pair to turn set. uh, Just a ton of really... I mean, even like weird variants. Like, I had been card dead forever and a day. And I get King Jack of Diamonds. Like, okay, I can do something with this. A lady shoves for like 70. And then another guy calls. I'm like, well, no matter how long I've been card dead, it's still King Jack. It's still dominated by King Queen, Ace King, and everything. I fold and flop the flush draw, turn the King, and River the Flush. And I mean,. I'm not complaining. i never going to be like, that's results-oriented and all that. But I'm like, it just shows the weird variants that even in hands that you're... I mean, she's had ace-three of spades. So it's just a weird way to play that. If it's played normally, I mean, it just becomes a monster hand for me.
1: Yep. No, definitely.
0: So it's just... There were a lot of weird variants like that. So it was really nice to grind out a, even a crappy profit. I mean, I think it averaged eight bucks an hour for that session. But it very well... Probably could have been a losing session.
1: Yeah, and those sessions are just as important over the long term. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that was a. Uh, that's kind of been my poker is basically grinding out shitty profits is my is my poker career right now.
1: <laughs> grinding out low profits and getting
0: smashed for big losses. <laughs> that's that's what that's
1: what I do. <laughs> so. I heard this on like a coaching uh, website and one of the coaches were talking about this and I never thought it was that big of a, I thought it was a very weird topic at the time. So let me first kind of talk to you about it. And then, so he was saying about, you know, keeping, you know, your mental untilt and being in the right mindset for the game. And he was saying all the stuff that comes into play, you know, having enough sleep, you know, not showing up hungry, drunk, all that stuff. And he was saying having the proper bankroll, which we always talk about, you know, keeps you, your mind able to do the right things, not worried about the money, right?
0: I would say the keeping a correct ba- keeping the right bankroll, and like people are going to be like, well, of course, because you don't want to go bust. But I mean, this is, I think we're talking about something different.
1: Oh, no, I'm not, I'm yeah, not at it yet. Just like
0: me- like mentally, uh, but that's probably been the biggest help for me personally. So, yeah. And
1: then this is one I thought was weird for him to bring up. I never thought it really had that much relevance. But I'm starting to feel the relevance of it. Um, he was also saying, in your bankroll, how much of it you have in cash. And I never thought that was that big of a deal until you don't have any cash on you, right? Like, yeah, you can go to the bank uh, an after hours. Because me and you uh, work overnights. And most of the time, whenever I'm going to the bank, normally I have the money on me, right? Right. So... For me, it's definitely played a role just, you know, showing up with only one buy-in. Like, I know you don't want to, you know, like you said, the plan isn't to bust out immediately when you sit down. Right. But if the move is to ship it all in with Ace-King and you only have one buy-in, I mean.
0: Yeah. You, you don't want it to
1: hesitate Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember when you first said this to me, I was like, well, this is easily, But, I mean, I think it's really, especially for you, like. Would you? have been buying in for a lot deeper,
1: right? So, right because like you said, you could easily buy in for hundred big blinds and have two bullets on a normal ATM, but if you're buying in for more, all of a sudden you can't. You don't even have one full buy in, let alone two.
0: Yeah, so we're. I guess this starts to apply to like when you're going from, I guess, kind of a wreck player to like more of a mid stakes grinder type. It's. A, I mean, that's kind of where it would kind of start to really show its colors. Because I mean, like you say, if you don't have the, if you don't have enough cash on you, then I mean, it's going to be. I mean, it does make it difficult.
1: I mean, okay, let's just say even if you're playing two five in Vegas, right? Okay. How much are you normally buying in for? Probably five hundred.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, five hundred be about right.
1: Right. So. I mean, if you're on a downswing and you normally only, I mean, because I would deposit, I deposit my winnings, you know, once I get over a certain amount of buy-ins. Right. So I only, only wow, I would only normally have like four or five. Right. Buy-ins at a time. So, I mean, you know, so if you have four buy-ins, that's $2,000. So, I mean, you can easily lose four buy-ins at two, five in Vegas. So then, like, then you're in a weird spot when you go take out, you know, a buy-in, then you lose a little bit or you take out a buy-in and a half. And then the next day you don't even have a complete buy-in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I would think like Vegas trips, I usually take out several grand. But I, I mean, yeah, like around yeah around Houston or whatever. If you're doing that, I mean, you're not really thinking about it. So, I mean, you might not have access. And I mean, I don't know. Like some some ATMs have been limit. Like I think my bank used to limit my withdrawals like four hundred or something.
1: So I <laughs> would be two hundred on certain accounts.
0: Oh, God. I mean, so, yeah, you're really, really in a pinch. Because, I mean, most people really aren't needing, you know, cash in the middle of the night. At least law-abiding people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I definitely noticed it played a role in the type of how I was playing when I went in and bought in for just a buy-in and, you know, one-fourth a buy-in to add on with.
0: I can see that. That's I mean, that makes a, a ton of sense. And, I mean, when you first told it to me, I was like, eh. I don't know. I mean, it seems like you can really get around this, but like I say, I mean, I'm also buying in for amounts where it's not that big of a deal, but I mean, if you aren't, I mean, if you're buying in for, you know, more than what the ATM will allow and you need the be- and you want to buy-ins, because like you say, you'll take more high var- higher variance lines than I do a lot too. So it also, it affects you more from just a buy-in perspective and a poker perspective.
1: Right. And that was kind of one thing I thought was pretty interesting whenever he was talking about that on the coaching, how that's just as important as keeping a bankroll so that you're not mentally affected by, you know, I mean, you got to think also there's plenty of times where I would go play in the middle of the night, but I mean, have to go to the ATM, have to go get more. I mean, I feel like it's a weak excuse, but you can make anything into an excuse if you try hard enough.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, and still, it's, you know, it's still time, time taken away from the table.
1: Well, and the other thing is, I want to go to my bank to get the no ATM withdrawal fee. Oh
0: yeah. Because
1: I know the poker rooms can be kind of steep at times, right?
0: I you know what I don't I don't think I've ever used the ATMs of the poker room, so Me too. I've only heard about it. But yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, I just think I just assumed they were steep, and I don't I don't really even keep track of which ones I actually have them. So it's uh, a. <laughs>
1: I'll tell you all. All poker most poker rooms have an
0: ATM. Yeah, I guess. The vast majority do now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like, having the right amount of cash, I guess, on you... Well, and like you say, just a huge convenience to have it well, available. I mean, what if... I mean, what if a friend calls you in the middle of the night and just happens, like, a game is just crazy or whatever, and you happen to be there? I mean, you want to be available. Because I was telling you, kind of have to keep the... If you're really trying to make a profit, you kind of have to keep your schedule a little bit flexible because so I was telling you I need to uh, I want to get more on a day hours so I usually will play it max at like 2 in the morning but if you have that table that's just crazy and it's spilling money everywhere it's definitely not profitable to leave that at 2 in the morning so you can come back at you know, 6 o'clock and get on a table full of grinders who are waiting for aces, ace king, ace queen
1: well, oh, and here's another factor that plays a role for me. Because if I was arriving at 6, I would easily stop at an ATM. Do you really want to go to an ATM in the middle of the night <laughs> to withdraw a large amount of money at midnight when you're the only person in the dark parking lot?
0: I've done it tons of times before, and I felt ac- uncomfortable doing it every single time. So, yeah, that's a very good point.
1: It's one of those situations where, like, I don't think – why put yourself in that situation if you don't have to?
0: Well, you know, I was in that situation, I think, Monday or Tuesday. And, I mean, especially, I was going to, over to uh, 101. And I was like, well, not turning down Richmond to do this. We're definitely going on West Timer and, and seeing what banks are around there.
1: Um. So, I guess I was just kind of – I found it interesting. I didn't think it was relevant when I heard it originally, but I thought it was pretty interesting. But here's something I was kind of thinking about um, on the way up here, just – I did not play much poker between podcasts. So I was thinking about stuff like, what would you do if you opened a new pod, a new uh, poker room? Like, what to you would be things that you would find um, important to you as a player and just different strategies you might apply? If I had thought of a few that I was kind of, once 101 reopened, or 88 opened as 101, kind of some things I would do different.
0: Well, you want to go, like, one thing back and forth first? Because, I mean, I feel like we're going to run into, it, like, uh, ideas.
1: Okay, sure. I'll start.
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) Don't want you taking my ideas right off the go. The first thing I would do that I would find, but none of the Houston do it, is I would have the the cards to go sit down at a table.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, The Lodge does this. And I tell you what, it makes it. Just so much better. Because, I
1: mean, all these people talk about how hard and complex. I guess you want to explain it first before?
0: Okay, uh, when when he says... Yeah, that's a good point, because a lot of people are probably uh, like, well, there's always cards at the table. (laughs) Uh, So, like, when you go and ask for a seat, all the tables are full. Uh, Like, if you go to, like, the lodge, you don't go to the table until they give you a card that has that's both the table number and the seat number so that you know exactly where you're going and you can't go and you can't sit. And there's the big thing. You can't sit down in that seat unless you have that card. So, uh, now, now I've explained what it was. Yeah. I'll let you explain like the benefits of it.
1: Oh, I mean the benefits of it. Well, okay. So first when I brought this up to people before in the rooms I like, Oh, it's too calm. That's too much. It's too complicated. It's too busy here to do that.
0: I just don't think it is. No place is busier than the Lodge. I mean, no place. And I'm, I've am i seen it,
1: I mean, just tons and tons of times, where you're sitting there, you're next on the list, you see a seat open up, because that's all you're looking for when you're on the list, right? Right. And just someone walk in the door and just go sit down.
0: Yeah, and it's really no enfor- a lot of, Most of the time, unless they tell you to take that seat, I mean, there's usually no enforcement of it.
1: The dealers don't care. I mean... You know, and then, like, also when the open, when there's open seats, a lot of times they'll just stay open. I've noticed a lot of times, too.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like the dealers are constantly putting weird positions because, I mean, you don't want to be the one enforcing everything because you're counting on these people for your tips. So it really should be the floor enforcing all of this. But, you know, it's con. I mean, you should have the floor looking out for this. But you, like you said, if you put that system in place. I mean, all the dealer has to do is ask for your card. If you don't have one, be like, well, you need to go get one. Well, they go up there, and they realize they can't because they're not next on the list.
1: Right. That, to me, was kind of one I would think would be a pretty good one.
0: Uh, Yeah. No, 100%. Uh, I'm going to go – this is a tough one for me. There's so many things. I am going to go with TVs that are good for viewing. I don't like the way a lot of the TVs are done in poker rooms. If it's a bigger poker room, there's a ton of like smaller TVs, where if you're trying to watch a game and play poker, it's just a pain in the butt. If it's going to be a gigantic poker room, have less TVs, but bigger of them. And I think it would make it for a much more enjoyable experience to like just go there, kick back, watch the game. Because I, I like to do that. Especially, like, if you're car dead, I mean, you can go there, just be a little card dead, just hang out, and kind of watch the game with everybody. Uh, one in College Station, Texas Avenue, was just so fun to watch the games on. And there's been nothing close in Houston whatsoever.
1: I mean, for me, this is kind of one of those things where, like, I understand the theory of buying a bunch of TVs. Is you can have all the channels on so everyone can see what they want. But having a small TV that no one can see anyway is just like having no TV.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, you need at max, like, really three chance. I mean, for the most part, it's usually on sports games. So, I mean, there's usually only, like, two or three big games that people care about in the uh, going on at the same time. So, I would just really love to see that in- done. And especially, like, maybe some of these smaller rooms. Like, uh, I know that doghouse just opened up. I haven't been there yet. But that would be a perfect place where, because the one that I was like went to in College Station, it's not the biggest room. So you're playing poker and there's this huge big screen TV right in front of you, and it's just really great for watching the games. So I'd love to see, especially some of these smaller rooms, maybe uh, do that.
1: Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Uh, one of the other ones I thought would be pretty interesting was so. I know, like, at, you know, 88, which is now 101, and Legends, they all have kitchens that run 24-7, right? Right. But for some of these other rooms, something that I would do that, you know, if they can't afford to keep a cook on the clock the whole time, is to maybe already have cold-cut sandwiches available and different items that you can purchase instead of just being, like, kitchens closed.
0: Yeah, I I'm not a sandwich guy, but I, can, you, I definitely think having something available all right. the time.
1: It doesn't have to be a sandwich, but, I mean, I'm just thinking that would be something easy, but...
0: Yeah, uh, something like that would be really... Or just, I like the idea... Like, okay, here's one thing. and Like, I've had my goods and bads with Legends. I mean, location. Not a fan. Room is pretty, pretty good. Uh, But I like the fact that it is... There's reasonably priced food, too. Like, I got kind of annoyed, especially with, like, when it was 52 Social. And, I mean, all the items, like, most of the items are all $20, $23. Because I don't mind paying $20, $23 for a meal. If I'm going to go down, you know, with my wife, sit down, and have a nice dinner, that's fine. I don't want to really have a $25 dinner while I'm, you know, in between hands, half-assed night, paying attention to the food, while I play poker and watch a game.
1: <laughs> while someone's yelling actions on you the whole time?
0: Yeah, it's or even, like, charging $25 for, like, food that's not fettuccine and is not that expensive. I mean, pasta, very cheap, Uh, overpricing the food. So having food options that are a little bit cheaper and good, I was pretty impressed with Legends, like, the both the price and the quality. I feel like that, that 10 to $16 is a nice sweet spot that I don't mind paying while I... While I eating while I play. And, like, the quality is still pretty good.
1: Yeah, I thought that was... Um, I thought that would be beneficial for a lot of smaller rooms.
0: I could huh. see that. Uh, I mean, if I have a, a, a room, I will tell you, I'm having the game girls, too. I mean, like... I'm not saying it is a player, but if a guy... I mean, I've just seen it do so well for so many... I mean, as how Prime ended up kind of being the place to play is like having you know the the really beautiful game girls and a really beautiful location, and all of that. And then Fifty Two Social kind of did the, just everything cheaper. And I would definitely keep that as something. That's like, I mean, it's no. I've seen it have a great effect on the businesses, so I'd probably and. Try at least to do something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if you're trying to draw in the general public, and that's what the general public is drawn to.
0: Yeah, so it's so okay. So game girls, TVs, food.
1: I would say a bigger, a big parking lot is so nice.
0: Oh yeah, the parking is is big. But I, here's a question: Like me and you are very adamant on like these nice places to play. Do you think just any? We're the only ones who give a shit. Probably, <laughs> I mean, not great for the podcast, but, I mean, I have seen some nice, well-run places go under, and some that just aren't, you know, stay in business forever. So, I am not... I don't know. I mean, I thought Champions was really nice. It went under. Everyone complained about their location, though. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, and, I don't know, like, I would say, like, the free food and sex. I'd say Paramount does a really good job of... Balancing, like, making it a more fun environment to play in. So maybe, like, pool tables. I like the idea. Now, they have the pinball machines. I probably wouldn't want that in a smaller poker room where you're just constantly hearing it, but it's such a big place, you can actually do that. Uh, With the cheaper tournaments, I like what they do as opposed to, like, you know, a Legends or a 52 Social, what they try to do.
1: And I would also like the... Chargers on the tables, that's always a pretty big plus.
0: Oh, man. Uh, As someone who's had a phone die twice in a row, that would be great. Or even chargers available, because the place I was at just didn't even have chargers available at that point.
1: That's pretty tough.
0: That's horribly tough. So, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of different things that I would like to see. Uh, Really good chairs. That's huge.
1: Have you played in a room with bad chairs before? Because I can't remember ever seeing them I mean, be like this. Chair is horrible.
0: I'm not a fan of Paramount's chairs. I mean, I love the play play there, but I mean, the chairs aren't great. Even the new chairs. Oh, are they? Do they have new chairs? Yeah, for cash, the chairs are new, very comfortable. Ooh, okay, okay, and then that's probably pretty good then. The old chairs, yeah, some were some were pretty rough. Uh, let me see. I don't. Right, you're
1: talking about the brown ones. They have yeah. some new black ones
0: that are like the full.
1: Full thing. Oh and,
0: God. Uh, okay. Now I want to go play there just to check these out. Now, uh, but yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you're right. No, not a place. Uh, there was one in College Station. I think it closed down. But they were awful. I mean, horrible chairs. I mean, of course, it closed down.
1: <laughs> right. And also, you. I mean, you already mentioned it. I mean, having cable TV is pretty important.
0: Uh, I think that's huge. Uh, like I say, sports and all that, but. Yeah, there's a lot of things that places can do. And just, you know, customer service in general as well. I mean, it's just like any other business.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, nothing's worse than whenever you see the floor guy. Like, you know seats are opening, but they're not even looking. That's always super annoying.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, how you present yourself. The dealers, I mean, both being able to do their job well and, you know, present a friendly kind of a good time place to play also like a bar. Even though I don't drink, I still think it fuels games way better.
1: And I think people just enjoy it more.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, if we go on anymore, we're just going to open up a room instead of do this podcast. So I think we should just cut it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs>
0: I'm going to start looking at real estate. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, this concludes episode 39 of the Textbook Podcast. We'll see you next week.
0: That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up, add time, and we'll see you next week.